Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Prince Kai Fan Pod. My name is Bethany and how are you today, Becca? I am good. How are you? I'm good. How has your week been? It has been kind of a hard week. We're hanging in there. My husband moved to the campground we're going to be staying at and started working as camp host. So basically bedtime every night has been my kids crying how they want daddy. So it kind of breaks my heart. But probably one more week and then a couple days and we'll be living together again. So, And then the adventure begins. Yes. Yeah, it's an exciting adventure. And Jerry's doing great as the camp host. He's learning all the ropes and stuff so he can show me when I get down there. And it's going to be good. That is exciting. I'm really looking forward to hearing about all of your new adventures. Yeah. How about you? You had an exciting week. I did. I started my new job and it has been wonderful. And we get one free book a month, apparently, at this job. So that's a perk. And I chose, of course, I chose the illustrated version of Harry Potter. I spent time looking at all the pictures in there yesterday and that was a lot of fun. They're so beautiful. I The fourth one comes out in October of this year and I cannot imagine how big it's going to be or how expensive it's going to be because the third book is like 300 pages and then the fourth is like 900 pages like it jumps so much right yeah I only own the second in the illustrated version and only because it was one of those lightning deals online Mm -hmm. and it was like order in the next two hours and it's like 10 bucks so I was like oh yes please yeah yeah (laughs) I have not sung for any of the others yet Well, now that I know that I get a free book sometimes as incentive, I will probably just wait and only pick those. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a great deal. We also hit 200 followers on Instagram this week. It's so exciting. Yeah. So how are you going to celebrate? Well, um, when this episode comes out, we will have already celebrated, but this is Friday. So tomorrow... (laughs) Ashley, who was a guest on episode seven, is going to help me do a live Q&A on Instagram. And I'm going to save the video to my phone and keep it on our profile. So if you didn't get a chance to see the live video, you should still be able to go to our Instagram profile at Prince Kai Fan Pod and check it out. I'm really excited. That's super exciting. That's so great. And today's Friday. So today was Fan Art Friday. Yes. Yes. And so we're on, today was number three. So last Friday, we had art of Aiko trying on Audrey's pearls from chapter three. It's gorgeous. And that artwork was done by at Mariana Doodles 97 on Instagram. So everyone check them out. It is awesome. Now, Aiko being your favorite character, what did you think of this artwork? Did you think it was a good representation? I did. Yeah, I love I love it. I love Aiko. I miss her. She comes back, right? I know it's spoiler free, but yes, she comes back. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I miss her. I love her. I she's great. She's just great. She is. Yeah. So we also have a few feedback messages that we're going to read. First, we have a correction from chapter four, which was on episode three. There should have actually been two Easter eggs, and I only mentioned one. So I obviously am not going to say what the Easter egg was because we are spoiler free, but a big thank you to at Gwen underscore Yang 15 on Instagram for pointing that out to me. And then we also got a SoundCloud comment from Ashley about our episode last week. Do you want to read it? I sure will. 
Okay, so, and this is from Ashley, who helped us out by filling in when I was otherwise engaged. She is just great. Okay, so Ashley says, good afternoon, ladies. Your discussion on threes reminds me of the rule of three, which in Wicca states all things that you do will come back to you three times as much. This rule is for both positive and negative energy that you place into the world. This is, of course, not the only religion that has this rule, but the one that comes to mind. So I was unaware of this three times as much. Wow. For bad stuff, that's terrible. But for good stuff, that's pretty darn cool. I had never known that and I can't I'm not very religious myself so I don't know other religions that have that as well it does seem kind of like karma though yes yeah I mean karma I feel is to me I have always thought of it as more of an equalizer whereas this is like a multiplier but but yes yeah similar concept you put you put energy out into the world good or bad and it comes back to you I really like it. It's very poetic. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really nice of her to send us this because it never occurred to me to look it up in religious context. No, sure. Yeah, I know that threes and sevens are are big numbers in a lot of religions, but I was unaware of this specifically. That is cool. Thank you, Ashley. Yes, I agree. Thank you. We have an Instagram message from at Kitty McPherson. And I'm going to read the whole thing, and then I will talk about one thing specifically. So it says, can I just say I'm really enjoying your podcast? Exclamation point. I love the Lunar Chronicles series, and I love when people do deep dives into some of my favorite books because it helps me reread them in such a fun way. I did a similar thing with the Potterless podcast, and I'm so happy I found a podcast to fill the void now that he has almost completed the books. Are you guys planning on doing all Marissa Meyer books or just TLC? I'm very excited to be with you guys on this journey. And again, that's from at Kitty McPherson. So I don't know, Becca, how many are we going to just do TLC? Well, at Kitty McPherson, I am very excited that you are with us on the journey. And I believe that once we finish TLC, we plan to continue. Yes. We're going to go in order. We're going to do TLC. And then there's a couple of spin-off books of TLC that I haven't read. So we'll do those. And then Heartless and then the Renegade series. And she's working on another series right now. She just started it. So by the time we get done with Renegades, we'll probably talk about that. <laughs> yes. So hopefully Marissa Meyer just continues to put out these amazing, amazing works. And she's a little younger than me, so she, assuming that she keeps writing until retirement age, we could keep this going for a while, considering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll so. take us like a year to do each book. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> and then I wanted to point out, because I also listen to Potterless podcasts, and I think it's really good. It's about a man who has never read the Harry Potter books. And so he goes through the book chapter by chapter and talks about it in each podcast. So I would recommend that one. And then also, if you like our podcast and you like Harry Potter, I would recommend a podcast called The Real Weird Sisters. And make sure it's The Real Weird because there's one that's just Real Weird Sisters. But they do something very similar to us with Harry Potter. And I enjoy listening to them. Do you have any podcasts that you recommend? I know you listen to a lot too. Holly, I listen to so many. The Real Weird, Weird Sisters are delightful. Right now, I'm very much enjoying Dead Pilot Society. So, okay. So it's on the Maximum Fun Network. And so it's one of the Bens from the Thrilling Adventure Hour and then another fellow. And they get like a cast together in LA of like actual actors that you've probably mostly heard of. And they do table reads of pilots that were purchased, but never made it to series. But anyway, they're all, they're all just delightful. And I'm actually about 30 episodes behind on those. So I've kind of been binging that at this point. 
I'm kind of behind on Real Word Sisters, too. I'm only in book five, and they're on book seven. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just listen to it, like, when I'm grocery shopping or cleaning the house or going on a run or something, and I enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I actually caught up on two podcasts today that I had been very behind on. I caught up on the last 30 episodes, because they're only five minutes long, of um, 10 Things That Scare Me which is a WNYC thing. And um, basically it's, it's about five to seven minutes per episode is all that it is. And it's just one person. It can be somebody that you heard of. It can be an author or it can just be Joe Schmo on the street, just listing 10 things that scare them. And it's, it's quite interesting. Um, One of the ones I want to say it was, Erlon Woods from Ear Hustle that said that he was scared of a wool sweater filled with syrup. And it was just so random. And specific. And specific. <laughs> and I actually thought, well, actually, I if I have to wear a tight wool sweater, because it was a tight wool sweater filled with syrup. If I had to wear a tight wool sweater, I would prefer it to be full of syrup than not. It's not as itchy uh, with the syrup, right? I would think, right? Um, so I thought that was quite. It would smell really good if you were if it was right? filled with syrup. It would smell really good. So yeah, totally. I'm glad that there's so many podcasts out there because I love them, and that's it's interesting that it's interesting that Kitty McPherson pointed out that she was so happy to find us just by searching Lunar Chronicles because that's the entire reason we have a podcast is because we love listening to podcasts and I spent years trying to find one on the Lunar Chronicles and couldn't. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to find a co-host and make one myself. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So we should get started. We should. We're on chapter 13. And last week we left off, we were talking about Kai, but we actually last saw Cinder in chapter 11, and she was with Dr. Erland, finding out that she was immune and valuable, that she would be compensated without Audrey's knowledge, and that Peony would be second in line to receive the antidote. Yes, just after the emperor. So we pick back up after being in Kai's point of view for a chapter, we pick back up with Cinder in Dr. Erlen's lab. And he is just basically drooling over her cyborg stuff. (laughs) It starts, the chapter starts with your control panel is marvelously complex. Um, Some of the highest technology I've ever seen in a cyborg. So Cinder is is pretty special because he has seen, I would assume, hundreds of cyborgs. This draft has been going on for a while. And um, we have we have a few chapters ago before we actually saw Cinder wake up. Lee, his assistant, was saying how remarkable her nervous nervous system was. Yes. So we're just getting more confirmation of how incredibly intricate her specific cybernetic parts are. Yes, absolutely. So we know Cinder is special, obviously, because she is the title of our book. And, you know, we know just from her being, can I say badass? Yeah, she's a total badass. Yeah. So just from her being that, um, you know, we know she's special. But technologically, I guess she's pretty darn special, too. Apparently, the wiring along her spine melds almost perfectly with her central nervous system pristine workmanship which like that's got to be awkward somebody looking at your body and referring to it as workmanship I suppose if you've had like major plastic surgery you know somebody might look at it that way and maybe that's done anything like that but you could technically call this plastic surgery but it wasn't an elective right at least it doesn't sound like Cinder gave her consent she woke up and they had already done this so it doesn't sound like she gave consent Exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting that she's the way that we think of it as like plastic surgery, because it even says like, you should be grateful your surgeons took such care. She's just not appreciative, which I don't blame her, but she's not. Right. 
yeah, she didn't ask for it. And she's been so discriminated against by it. And, you know, she doesn't remember her life before. So she's only known this life and it's not been great. So you can see why she would be kind of ambivalent. Like, well, I don't really appreciate it because my life sucks. And, you know, what was it like before? Did I really want to live? I don't, you know, I mean, I could see her. We talked about, we talked about before in chapter 11, when we found out about her backstory that she felt very disconnected to her backstory, to her previous life. And I think this is just more of that where she doesn't necessarily feel connected to the cyborg image in front of her because I think sometimes she tries not to see herself that way especially when wearing gloves even when it's hot and even when she's around other people who know she's a cyborg she wants to cover up I think that this is just this situation she's in where not only is the holograph being shoved in her face and she's finding out she's 30 was it 32 percent or 36 percent not human And then he's constantly like, look how cool all these cyborg parts are. But she hates those cyborg parts. So this is a very uncomfortable situation for her. Oh, for sure. Well, and she's probably, I would assume, never met anybody who would consider her cyborg parts interesting or cool at all. It it seems like most of society would find them repulsive. And condemning, like you said before. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's definitely a switch for her and then Dr. Erland also points out that her reproductive system is almost untouched so I guess he says you know lots of female cyborgs are left infertile because of the invasive procedures but from the looks of it I don't suspect you will have any problems so I take issue with a couple of things (laughs) in this yes go for it one, why is he saying female cyborgs and not women? I feel like that's separating them from humans. For some reason, that just feels specific to me. I don't know why, but it bothers me that he would say female cyborgs instead of humans or women. I don't know why. And then also, why are their reproductive systems not left intact? Because unless they're doing something to the pelvic region, you shouldn't be touching that. So, for example, our 6% guy, it was just his foot. If all you're doing is messing with a foot or a hand or a shoulder, why are you touching the reproductive system at all, let alone compromising it? Exactly. Is this some sort of eugenics? I was thinking that. But eugenics isn't really talked about anymore. It still happens. Should we say what eugenics is, just in case? I didn't think of it, but just in case someone doesn't know what it means. I just Googled it. Eugenics is the science of improving a human population by controlled breeding to increase the occurrence of desirable heritable characteristics. Eugenics is actually what inspired Hitler in World War II to start weeding off what he considered undesirable human beings to create his so-called Aryan race. So the concept and practice of eugenics is controversial to say the very least. Yeah. Also, it's been kind of in the con- my consciousness recently. Radiolab, another wonderful podcast, is currently doing a series they're calling G, which is about genetics. And there was a great episode. I don't remember if it was two or three weeks ago, but it was all about this and the fact that this still goes on and the fact that it's completely legal and constitutional to have people sterilized against their will if they have some sort of disability, intellectual disability generally. And it was really, eugenics is actually, this is a history lesson for everyone, I'm really sorry. Eugenics is actually something that was scientifically started in the United States in the 20s and was practiced openly and commonly until the 50s and 60s. And by openly and commonly, I mean, if someone was diagnosed with, let's say, schizophrenia, then they would be sterilized so that theoretically that gene could not be passed on to future humans. And it didn't stop there. People who were in 
there were actually several cases, especially in southern states, where if you were in a racial, a multiracial relationship, so one person who's black and one person who's white, they would sterilize you so that you could not produce mixed children. And this was also true of a lot of immigrants coming in, they would sterilize so that you could not produce children of a different race or ethnicity or mix with what people would consider Caucasian. And so it's interesting to me that, and we've already talked about so many different racial issues and social hierarchy issues that we have in this society. So it's interesting to also toss in, is there a eugenic component also going on? Right. I, it, as much as like we've learned about this society and how kind of messed up it is, it would not surprise me. Do we think that that also means that they perform similar procedures on, quote, male cyborgs? Or do we think it's isolated to females? Yeah. Um, <laughs> because this is, already a, it, this is already a society where we have hierarchy issues. We already saw that women, that there's still a stereotype that women need to dress a certain way, act a certain way, have certain goals and ambitions. Like Audrey's ambition for her children is just, I need to find them good husbands, not you know, an education or something. So do we think that if they are practicing eugenics, it's specifically to female cyborgs? Honestly, I think probably. I think so too. Yeah, the way that he specifies that it's female cyborg cyborgs that are left infertile. You know, I mean, even as recently as, oh, I don't know, 1979, 1981, something like that, it wasn't legal for a woman to have her own checking or credit card and yeah. a lot of I mean women are I'm sorry hi we're oppressed it's bad we're controlled everybody likes to control what we do with our bodies and it's not okay so and I'm a little salty about that there we talk my husband and I talk about it sometimes because he's in the military so we move around a lot in this state that and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus in the state that we currently live in Technically, I can't get a haircut without his consent. A haircut? A haircut. These are laws that never got changed but are probably no longer enforced. But according to the law, I cannot get a haircut without my father or husband's permission. Technically, he can beat me. They still practice, according to the laws, they still practice the rule of thumb. Do you know that one? Uh-huh. So the rule of thumb for anyone who doesn't know is... The origin of that phrase is actually that you could you could abuse your female spouse as long as it was with something that was no wider than your thumb. Also in this state, <laughs> this is getting really out of hand. Also in this state, you can still drink and drive. So they're just a little behind the times on stuff and smoke in public. What? Yeah, you, there's still smoking sections down here. It's crazy. Is this 1987? Like, it's. When we first moved down here, it was it felt very like a time capsule almost because I remember when they stopped allowing smoking in restaurants. I very I very vividly remember that the Maverick Steakhouse like redid their entire interior because they no longer allowed smoking. And yes, we have this restaurant down here called El Saltillo. If you like American Mexican food and you live in the Biloxi, Mississippi area, I recommend them. They're delicious. But when you walk in, the first thing they ask you is, hello, would you like smoking or not? Because you can smoke. If you that want to. Be, yeah, that used to be the thing. That was my first job mm-hmm. was here as a hostess at Romeo's when I was 17. And yeah, everybody would come in smoking or not. How many? Yep. You know, what's interesting is we haven't seen and I honestly cannot remember if we do later on or not, but we haven't seen drugs or smoking or alcohol or anything like that in Cinder so far. Oh, yeah. They also have eye correction surgery, but he doesn't want it because he says he likes glasses. I wear glasses, like more power to you because when I wear them for long periods of time, my nose hurts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't like the feeling of wearing glasses or like walking into a humid environment and they fog up. If I even open my oven while I'm wearing my glasses, it's just like instant fog. Absolutely. I mean, it's just expensive to correct it is why I've never looked into it. But more power to him. I mean, you know, I'm sure that in this society where perfection is still a big deal and 
you know, all of that. I'm sure that there's some pressure. But right after that. Cinder noticed it. She says, don't they pay you enough for corrective eye surgery? So it's noticeable in this society. It's it seems to be that in this society, it's unlikely that someone would wear glasses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of curious to me that they even still manufacture them if their technology is so advanced, you would think that LASIK would be like a dime a dozen kind of easy, cheap procedure by then. The only thing I could think of, one of two things, either one, it's still really expensive and certain insurances might not cover it. So they produce glasses for the cannot afford it. Or two, it's the opposite. And if you want to wear glasses, it's choice. It's a commodity and you have to pay for it. Could be. Yeah. 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 So bonkers. Anyway, we have an egg hatching. We do. It's so exciting. So in chapter six, Audrey was delightful. She was harassing Cinder about not being able to cry over Peony. And we were talking about why can't she cry? And I think we both talked about, did she not have tear ducts? Was there, you know, was it something so that there wouldn't be any damage to her cybernetic system and we get confirmation here that she does not have tear ducts but we also find out that she can't blush yeah so emotions are very hard for her to convey that's really unfortunate sometimes I wish I couldn't blush because it's so embarrassing when you blush sometimes like when people are teasing you about certain things when you're a kid you know I don't blush easily but oh, I, do. I think I it do. has to do with like my skin tone mm-hmm. so especially in I tan very easily I've actually not been summer before and especially in the summertime it's been so much time outside so my skin just keeps getting darker and darker and darker and so even when I do blush it's not very noticeable oh yeah and I do not tan easily and I tend to run rather pink in general so I I definitely blush a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just really unfortunate that she can't cry. She can't blush. Like, no wonder she's angry all the time. It's the only emotion she can properly express. Convey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We also see her, like, kind of hug herself. She does that a lot. Yeah, this, like, self-soothing... She has this moment, they're talking about the two chambers in her heart. So her heart has also been, had adjustments. And she said, what hadn't been tampered with? And she yeah. kind of, she kind of hugs herself. And we did see that same coping mechanism earlier when she had her panic attack, which I think was in chapter nine. So she's definitely going through a lot right now. And it's It's really frustrating to me that she can't cry, she can't blush. Basically, the only form of emotion she can express is anger and frustration. And even when she is upset, you can't really tell, so she can't be comforted. Right. And even when she's angry and frustrated, her central nervous system won't let her get all riled up about it. Yeah. It forces her to calm down. And that's frustrating in and of itself, because sometimes when you're mad, you just want to be mad. Exactly. Yeah. Daniel Tiger says it helps to say I'm mad. Quentin sometimes just yells. Yeah. And it it took me a long time to get used to it. And one time I was just like, what, what is going on? He's like, I had a bad day. And I was like, well, so, and he's like, I just like yelling. It just, it's cathartic for him. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's important to, feel emotions and express them and acknowledge them and she is not able to fully do that and that has to be crying crying can be cathartic too it releases endorphins right have you ever had a good cry because you feel i think i'll google it it might be endorphins i'm gonna google the sentence why is crying good (laughs) yeah oxytocin cathartic Absolutely. Was it Monday or Tuesday that I just cried like for my entire lunch break? It helped. Okay. So according to medicalnews.org, there are eight benefits of crying. Should we just read all of them? We're like a little off topic, but we already went down this rabbit hole. Absolutely. Well, Cinder does not 
does not receive these eight benefits of crying. So what is Cinder missing out on? Here are the eight benefits of crying. It has a soothing effect because it helps regulate hormones and reduce stress. It gets you support from others by informing them that you are upset. It helps to relieve pain because it releases oxytocin and endorphins. It enhances your mood by releasing oxytocin and endorphins, releases toxins and relieves stress, including a number of stress hormones and other chemicals. It aids sleep, fights bacteria because it cleans out your your eyes and improves your vision for the same reason. So there's eight benefits of crying. Wow. And Thunder is missing out on all that. I mean, presumably we could say that her, some of her cybernetics might automatically have systems in place that would help keep her eyes clean, especially since she can use them for what was it called earlier? Like auditory and retina Mm -hmm. display functions. But she's missing out on all of those endorphins and oxytocin and things like that that you receive from crying. I just cried the other day for like half an hour and I felt way better afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I cried for my entire lunch break the other day and it helped, you know, and yeah, and Cinder's missing out. And the thing is like, yeah, she was made cyborg so that she didn't die, but it seems to have been at such a great expense that you have to wonder whether it's worth it. And she's 16. I can't, I probably cried two or three times a week between the ages of 11 and 16. Oh, only two or three times a week? I probably Um, cried two or three times an hour. Yeah, between the ages of 11 and 16, like, I don't know about boys because I'm not a boy, but for girls, there's so much going on. Yes. Anyways, she's, she's hugging herself and she can't cry. And we find out in her dreams, her neck is what bothers her the most. Yeah. And she has this spot on her neck that Dr. Erlen says it looks to be made of a different material than the vertebrae. And Which right- they did mention in that chapter, they pointed at the back of her neck and they said, what's this? And we talked about Walter the welder. Yes. Yes, and and what that could have possibly been. Yeah, and Dr. Erlen says it's right over a central cluster of nerves. Perhaps it was meant to correct a glitch. I love this. Cinder wrinkled her nose. Great, I have glitches. She reminds me of Daria sometimes, like just the way that she's (laughs) rolling her eyes all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Um, But yeah, but then right after... Right after the glitches, you know, he asks if her neck bothers her and, and she says that it was only if she's been under a hover all day. But also then she thinks to herself, I guess, when she is dreaming in her nightmare, the fire always seemed to be hottest beneath her neck, the heat trickling down her spine, the unrelenting pain. Oh, I hate this. Like a hot coal had gotten beneath her skin, which can you just like. The imagery there, I'm sorry, Marissa Meyer, a hot coal underneath her skin. That is vivid. so stinking vivid. Yeah. And just. I went ahead and took the initiative and I looked back because we talked about her dream sequence a lot in chapter yes. eight. We read it and she didn't mention the neck. I read the whole thing twice just to double check and she didn't mention the neck last time. So this is new information. It is. And it's very interesting to me that it's so specific that it's that particular, not just that it's that particular part, but it's something we already heard about because when Dr. Erland was talking to Fatine and Lee, they all three were talking about that little part. Now he's mentioning it. She's pointing it out saying, what is this? And we're also finding out that for whatever reason, it may or may not be connected to the pain of her dreams. So what used to be like a moment of, oh, that's just a little welded piece. Now it seems like it's really significant. Like there's all these red flags everywhere. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It definitely seems very significant. Um, It's right over nerves. It's right in a spot that she dreams about having pain. Yeah, this is definitely interesting. 
And then we also find out she starts asking questions about the clothing that you can wear. And he says that the disease cannot survive on clothing. So yes. they did not need to break Aiko's heart and burn down the bakery and all those sticky buns. All those sticky buns that I'm still mourning. And I'm really sad <sighs> that they burned down the entire bakery for nothing. But also, yes. this means that Pete, that Cinder is not responsible for Peony catching the plague because she didn't bring home the disease on her her clothing. Right. I I. It's a mystery, I guess, where Peony caught it. Attracted the plague. Um, yeah. We're not really given any indication as to how the plague spreads yet. So we know that it has to have a host. It can't live for long on a surface like clothing, but. We don't know where the baker got it from either. Yeah, it kind of bugs me. I kind of want to know <laughs> where these people are getting it. Because she. One minute she was yelling at her son to get away from the creepy cyborg, and then the next minute she had spots on her hand. Mm-hmm. So we we weren't given any indication as to how she contracted the plague or how we know it's been spreading like wildfire across the world, but we don't know how. Right. So we're learning more about it here because we learned that it doesn't, that it has to have a host, that it doesn't carry just on clothing, but we really don't know very much. Yeah, I'm super hoping that we learn more about it. I don't, I don't know. I don't like not knowing. It's fun to not know a little bit because it gives you a reason to keep reading. But (laughs) because we're reading it like one chapter a week, it's taking too long. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's taking too long. Uh, But so it's not Cinder's fault. It's not Cinder's fault. And that's as much a relief for her as it is, I think, for the readers, because while we've been going on this journey with her, that question has been in the back of our heads, too. And this guilt has been overwhelming for her for the last, it's only been, it's, for crying out loud, it's still only been like 36 hours since the beginning of this book started, which is insane. So now that that's cleared up, Cinder's ready to start saving lives. But Dr. Erlen, you know, needs to run a bunch of tests and stuff. And so she's wondering if being cyborg can change her DNA which it seems like no but hormones yes so and this kind of makes sense you know even if if you have like say a donated kidney or something right so like your hormones are going to be different your antibodies are going to be yes yeah so I wonder if there's anything special they need to do when they implant these tissues and things in the cyborgs if their bodies might try and attack what's implanted. I suppose it would depend on the extent and the materials used. Cause I know, you know, my mom has just quite recently, she got like a plate and nine screws in her hand. Her body's not trying to attack that. Um, yeah. My, my sister Lindsay has plates and screws in her left uh, forearm from a broken arm when she was a child. And she never had any issues with that. It's interesting that you thought of that because I immediately started thinking of her reproductive system again, because he said that her reproductive system was intact. And we know that her surgery was at 11 and we know that she's 16 now. And I guess for anybody who doesn't want to talk about it, we're about to talk about menstruation (laughs) cycles. I call it Eve because Eve ate the apple. So (laughs) Eve... Yeah, it's like our code word that I just call it what it is, but yeah, (laughs) it's interesting because I didn't get my period till I was 16, but a lot of my friends got it when they were 11, 12, 13. And so not only is she going through all of the crap that you have to go through between the ages of 11, 16 as a girl, but also you have the, your own hormones are going crazy because you're starting your menstruation cycle. And on top of that, you're going to tell me that she has other hormone and chemical issues because of the cyborg. Like this poor girl does not stand a chance. No, it is so much. And adjusting to this new cyborg life at the same time that she would presumably be going through puberty. Holy cow. I mean, I guess, you know, she may be a bit of a late bloomer just from the description that we did get of her. You know, she's, she's thin. She has a boyish figure. But it, this is a lot. 
for a young person. And she she could be a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer. 16 is fairly late to get your first period. But oh, sure. let's say that she got it as late as 15. That's still only a year. And like we talked about before, she doesn't have a mother figure. She doesn't have anyone maternal to help her through this. I mean, she's got a computer in her head. So yes, she can Google it and figure out what she needs to do and how to handle it. But it's not the same as having another person that can comfort you and kind of guide you through it. It's the same reason that we ask each other questions that we could Google ourselves because Google doesn't give us an opinion that we value. Google is not very nuanced. This is a lot for Cinder. I, I love this part, though. She asks, you think it has something to do with my immunity, being cyborg? The doctor's eyes glowed, giddy, unnerving Cinder. Not exactly, he said. But like I said before, I do have a theory or two. Giddy. I just love that he's giddy, I guess. I just find him cute. <laughs> he's so delightful. I... I want to say a quick apology to Chandri's Little Devil because I haven't read these books in a couple of years. And when we first talked about Dr. Erland, I kind of brushed him off and she said he was one of her favorite characters. And I was like, eh, whatever. But the more we read about him, the more delightful he is and the more I like him. So I am sorry to her. She is correct. He is one of my favorite characters now too. He's wonderful. And Giddy is just one of those great adjectives to describe him. I mean, I kind of thought he was a perv, so. <laughs> I don't think that now, but. I don't either. He definitely yeah. tried to give us that in, that impression. Yeah, I think he's a cute, sweet old man. And I love that the word giddy is being used because it's just perfect. It is. Just, I, I adore it. And. So they're going to do a little experiment. Now, we don't see her orange light that says that he's lying, but Cinder is really suspicious even though he doesn't even though she doesn't have that orange light going on cuz he says, what does he say? Would you mind if I tried something? And she says, "What are you going to do?" And he says, "Just a little experiment. Nothing to worry about." Yeah, and she's like craning her neck trying to figure out like what is he doing? Yeah, she's clearly this is so sad. She stiffened at the touch. His hands were, wor- were warm, but she shivered anyway. And then we find out later that any human touch felt unusual, meaning that literally she does not have skin-to-skin contact with other people, which is a necessary human experience that is also cathartic, like crying. Everything we find out in this chapter about what she's had to go through, it seems such a it seems like such a small and insignificant chapter. It's only a few pages, and we basically just learn that her reproductive system works and then, you know, something happens. But we really do learn a lot about what Cinder's life might have been like up until this point. Her hormones and and body chemicals have been heavily manipulated by these cyborg alterations. She has had no one to comfort her. She has trouble conveying or expressing emotions because of all of these cyborg manipulations to her body. And nobody touches her either. It's just sad. I mean, that's all it is. It's just sad. It just, it breaks my heart. This poor girl, she's so young. She has so much working against her. She has no real support system. Her only human friend is Peony, who has the plague. Her her only other friend is Aiko, who is, I'm sorry, it, a droid. You know, it's, it's, yes, she has a personality. Yes, she's delightful, but it's not the same. And she doesn't get hugs. Well, and even if Aiko did give her a hug, I mean, it would be like hugging a vacuum or something. Like you said, right. she has a personality, but she's still... She's still a machine. Right. It's not the same. And, you know, just on my lunch break today, I about had a little meltdown because life is stressful right now. Things are things are kind of hard. You know, things are up in the air. The kids have been a challenge. And I just, you know, I'm sitting in my husband's truck because he came just to see me for lunch because we've been living apart. And I was just like, I just need to hold your hand for a minute. Like, you know, and we've been married like five, six years. <laughs> so like, that's not always a thing, but I was like, I just, I just, 
and it calmed me down instantly. You know, you just, you sometimes just need like simple human warmth. I agree. And the fact that she doesn't have that is just as heartbreaking as everything else we've, we've learned, especially in this chapter. Absolutely. And we go from that to, I don't know what the f*** just happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, Dr. Erland is, he, he just has the tips of his fingers on her neck. He's pinching the vertebrae just above her shoulders. And then all of a sudden, fire and pain ruptured her spine, flooding her veins. She cried out and fell off the table, crumpling to the floor. That's it. That's our chapter. Yeah. This is why it's so hard to just do one chapter at a time. Because I have to stop reading now. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. I am so tired right now. It is so past my bedtime. And I have such a busy, hard day ahead of me tomorrow. But I'm not going to lie. I'm about to read chapter 14 as soon as we hang up. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's very difficult not to because... They're just the way that these books are written. It's like every chapter is a cliffhanger and you just want to know, well, why did she, what just happened that crumpling to the floor? So did she pass out again? I guess, or I don't, I don't know. What does it say? It says that he touched the vertebrae above her shoulders, Mm -hmm. fire and pain ruptured her spine, and then she crumpled to the floor. I mean, there's basically no information there. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's the end of our chapter. So what was your favorite quote? My quote was, in her nightmare, the fire always seemed to be the hottest beneath her neck, the heat trickling down her spine. It's very, I like the imagery of that quote. And I think it's, we got a lot from her nightmare a few chapters ago, which I also think was my favorite quote when we did that chapter. And I think it's really interesting the way that she uses these nightmares as a way to describe some of the emotions that Cinder can't properly express because of her cyborg limitations. Absolutely. Yeah, the imagery is just, it, yeah, it's so vivid. The writing is so vivid. It's just yeah. great. Yeah. What was your quote for this chapter? Well, mine was a little less serious. <laughs> but it always is, right? Um, at the beginning, when, when we're talking about her reproductive system, and uh, Dr. Erlen, you know, is telling her that, that she should be grateful, you know, that she's intact. And she says, I'm sure I'll feel much more grateful when I find a guy who thinks complex wiring in a girl is a turn on. It's, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but it's so interesting that you chose that quote because it's one of the most popular from the series. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like memes and pictures and clipettes of it all over the place. So it's interesting to me that you chose that quote because it's so popular. You have like a kindred connection to the fan base already. I had no idea. Okay. (laughs) All righty. So do we have Easter eggs? We do. There are two in this chapter. Okay. So two Easter eggs for Bethany's egg hunt. So watch for those. Next episode will be chapter 14, right? Yes. Yeah, chapter 14. So don't forget to follow us on the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook. We're at Prince Kai Fan Pod. Yes. And if you want to participate in Fan Art Friday, you can email us at princekaifanpod at gmail.com or send us an a message on Instagram or Twitter. All of the ones that we have had so far have been submitted to my Instagram at Prince Kai Fanpot. But if you would like to send them on Facebook or Twitter or email us, that will also work. Perfect. And if you liked today's episode and would like to help us out, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend. If you leave a comment on SoundCloud, CastBox, anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, a comment, a review, anything like that, we will shout you out and read it on the next episode. We love feedback. Yes. And if you if you are listening and you're not on our Instagram page, I highly encourage it. We do a lot of I do a lot of interacting on the Instagram page. Like I said, we're going to do the live Q&A this weekend and I'm really excited about it. I've gotten a lot of messages from people 
who might not be able to attend the live meeting, but they sent us questions that they want us to answer. And that's exciting. And that's the best place for you to find us and our fan art because we get a lot of people that tag us in fan art too. Oh, okay. They want us to see it. So that's exciting. Fine. I just want to say real quick, the message that we got earlier from at Kitty McPherson, she had asked how to review us if, if you don't have an Apple podcast. And if it's easiest for you guys, if you don't want to leave a comment on like SoundCloud or CastBox, or I know Spotify doesn't even have that option. If you want to just email us and write your review that way and say, hey, this is what I like about this podcast, I will, we will still read it on the episode and then we'll share it to our Facebook and Instagram ourselves soon. So I'll make yeah, it as easy as possible. If you really want to help us out and review us, I will not stop you. We really appreciate it. <laughs> we very much appreciate it. Um, I'm sorry. I had a question about the Instagram. Yes. Um, so I'm mostly unspoiled. If I, I know that the fandom of Marissa Meyer is huge and I probably don't want to get into it because I will be spoiled. Can I follow us and be okay our instagram is still spoiler free okay i am only posting fan art pictures that have either already happened in our books or are relevant to characters we have already met because i don't want it to spoil and also it's just better if we keep up we don't want a scene from book four when we're still talking about book one so far that hasn't been spoiler free is some of the q a's that i've done and you can click on it and it'll say Q&A. So you just ignore that. So I know not to look at it. Okay, cool. So I might actually have to install Instagram. <laughs> it's fine. I will say if you get an Instagram and you see anything with the hashtag TLC, just keep scrolling. Because it, okay. it might be a spoiler and I would hate for that to ruin things for you. Yes. Okay, so I will only follow us and, <laughs> <laughs> and go from there. I will just only follow us. I think I will get one. I like it. I think it's fun. I really like yeah. getting to interact with other lunatics. Yeah, Just I feel like I'm missing out. So I think I need to do this. I try to message you every time we get a picture. Oh, no, you do. And I appreciate that. I love seeing those texts come in. It makes me so yeah. happy. Yeah. And I really appreciate everyone who sends in their fan art. If you have fan art that you want to send us, you can send it to our Instagram, but you can also send that to our Twitter, our Facebook, or our email. And like I said, as long as it's relevant to the chapters, I'll, I'll use it. If it's something that we still like, but it, it hasn't come up yet in the books, I'll probably just put it aside and then message you when we get to those chapters and ask if it's still okay to share it. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's exciting. Okay. So speaking of getting to chapters, I'm going to hang up on you now so I can read the next one. Yeah, absolutely. So next week we <laughs> chapter 14, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Rebecca Baker. Thank you for listening. When we got Verizon 5G home internet, it sounded like it could handle all our needs. But one thing it couldn't handle was our frustration. And hey, we deserve reliable internet. It's time for better internet. Fast, reliable internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.